Hi, my name is Trevor Walker. I'm president and CEO of Frontier Lithium. Uh, really pleased to be here today with, uh, with Matthew from uh, Crux Investor. So uh, Frontier Lithium is a TSX venture listed company also on the OTCQX uh, in the U.S., Frontier Lithium's developing a tier one lithium asset through the mineral spodumene uh, located in northwestern Ontario um, in the heartland of, uh, of North America. So it's about grade and size, which we both have, and uh, a great location proximate to both European and North American uh, markets. So uh, really, really pleased to uh, have the opportunity to get through some details and uh, talk about our story. Well, it's about time, Trevor. I haven't seen you since February. Where, where have you been? Been busy. Been I can, busy. I know. I can uh. tell. I can tell. Hey, <laughs> let, um, let, let, let's, let's start off. It's a slightly unconventional start because we were having a look at what's changed since we saw you last. Because last time we were talking about refining spodumene into hydroxide, we're talking about, you know, which technical processes and when you want to be the green bushes of the north, all that, all that kind of good stuff. You've Put some things in place, we noticed, to, to kind of move you to be able to deliver on, on that wish, that aspiration, which is, first of all, board appointments. You're moving from family-run business into, you know, professional-run business in the eyes of the market. So maybe talk about some of the people you're bringing on board or have brought on board. Great. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, I think uh, you nailed it as the uh, company continues to evolve with regards to assets and um, the, the, the macro market as a whole. Uh, it's imperative to really leverage uh, tier one resource to attract uh, some top people that are essential to, to put this uh, ultimately into uh, production successfully. Um, since we last spoke, a few really important additions. Um, one is a director uh, named uh, Bart Mikas, and uh, Bart was a former chief of Sandy Lake First Nations, the largest community located about 80 kilometers uh, or so north of uh, the Pac Lithium project. Uh, Bart's a really well, well respected uh, individual. Uh, that is, is well known amongst the four partnered communities. Essentially, uh, you know, those four communities uh, branched out from one community uh, originally uh, located out of uh, Deer Lake, Ontario, west of the project. So essentially one family, OG Cree communities, the smallest of the treaty regions in uh, Ontario. So Bard's been uh, instrumental um, with regards to uh, in infrastructure um, uh, investments that have been made uh, in, in the region. Uh, about eight years ago, fiber optic cable was put in to uh, the region to service the communities in the north and uh, as well uh, instrumental with regards to a huge investment from both the provincial and federal governments uh, uh, and as well a private entity to uh, construct uh, the Wate power project. It's a high voltage transmission line that's being built uh, to service roughly 17 communities in Ontario's uh, tip of the far north. So uh, BART's been uh, just a, a great addition um, to make sure that we've got regional representation um, at the highest decision level uh, making for the company, uh, for the, the local communities. 
Uh, another addition uh, is uh, Mark Wazano, who's former uh, VP, global head of nickel assets for Glencore. So, uh, right, tremendous, tremendous experience. Uh, really, marquee uh, individual in the mining business. That uh, uh, really strong technically from processing, mining, uh, and you know has been involved with uh, bringing. Uh, Greenfields projects right into uh, production, uh, you know, around the world. So, uh, resident of Sudbury right here where we're headquartered. So um, as well, uh, I've added uh, Greg Mills, uh, former uh, managing director, uh, comes out of RBC Capital Markets to make sure that uh, uh, we, um, we're we aligned and uh, can uh, attract really some uh, a few cornerstone key financial partners to the company. So we've been really busy on that front and starting to really tell our story. So uh, the interest is, uh, is really significant uh, for the company. And it's really uh, uh, to, to date, it's been all about uh, no uh, all steak and no sizzle. So uh, it's amazing, you know, even right here in Ontario, that's uh, our story is really not known. So we're having lots of fun. Get, getting the uh, getting the word out on uh, you know what who we are and what what we have on the ground and what our plans are. So uh, last addition uh, to my team, uh, the latest uh, uh, vice president of sustainability, uh, David Ewing. He's uh, uh, comes out of Brookfield's uh, renewable instrumental on uh, on uh, and a leader in North America on um, reduction of CO2 emissions and working towards carbon neutral. So uh, he was a first mover in that uh, ESG space and a welcomed addition. He's vice president of sustainability and external affairs. So, uh, so yeah, so those have been the, the latest additions to adding the team to, uh, to help us move forward. So, uh, you know, we've got a huge job to do uh, uh, with regards to this tier one resource and uh, we'll continue to add to the team as, as required. Right. Okay. So, so, so let's just um, look at this. So great team. I think it's added some real weight to you and substance in terms of your ability to market and talk to Bay Street or wherever it is that you, you go and talk to money. Uh, you need to kind of set a target or give guidance as to what you're working towards uh, for next year so we can measure you by that. I'm guessing infill drilling uh, at Spark, you've got to put out an upgraded uh, resource soon. Um, what else? Yeah, you know, uh, about five, six months ago, we put out um, uh, a, a preliminary economic assessment on, on the fully integrated plan. So mine, mill, downstream chemical plan. Um, you know, the economics quite robust. Um, that's based on a tier one resource. Next steps, uh, an ensuing pre-feasibility study. So we are targeting a release of uh, PFS. Um, our objective is to release that uh, in mid 2022, uh, again, on the fully integrated um, plan. So, you know, one of the most important uh, um, uh, programs that our requirement of PFS is reserve calculation from the resource. So, uh, you know, to date and under the PEA, out of the uh, 30 million tons through two deposits outcropped at surface. Uh, firstly, the pack, roughly 10 million tons, and second, the spark, um, just shy of 20 million tons. On total, two thirds of that re total resource uh, 
is still under the inferred category. So the infill drilling is really the most important program that's laying the foundation for uh, the project. And uh, we commenced the infill drilling um, probably uh, right around the time of our last conversation. I think that was around February uh, of this year, 2021. And um, we have... uh, uh, we were delayed. There's severe forest fires in northwestern Ontario this past summer. So uh, we were able to get in uh, early fall and have continued uh, that infill drill program. And it's coming here to uh, near completion. Uh, we've had a successful drill program, uh, a couple phases of, of infill on Spark, um, as well as some necessary geomechanical holes uh, for uh, pit design for the PFS. And, um, you know, we have released some results from the infill drill program to highlights where two holes um, greater than 320 meter intersection uh, grading 1.68% lithium oxide. And to my knowledge, uh, those two intersections are the best drill holes ever drilled in lithium uh, to date in North America, so but, but best best how give, give us what 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 an average grade looks like and give us because obviously the intersection three hundred twenty meters great right so it suggests scale but what does what does one point six eight or one point seven mean for people who don't understand yeah um, you know typically um, the market looks for resources greater than one percent lithium oxide. So we see really a two to uh, even three time multiple over our peers uh, globally um, on that, uh, that average or mean. So, um, you know, both uh, the pack uh, resource is uh, just over 2% uh, average grade, Spark about uh, 1.5, 1.6%. Those two deposits are the highest grade deposits in North America. So, uh, you know, to, so to pull off those, those types of intersections are, are really, really tremendous. You know, where uh, gr- many reference grade as king, um, you know, size uh, due to width of ore body really is queen. And often, you know, in this business, you'll, you'll have uh, great grades, but you don't have the size or you have the size and terrible grades. So... Uh, the magic uh, in this resource and uh, in our story is uh, we really have both grade and size coming together here. So that's really what uh, allows uh, us to rank favorably with the tier one uh, resources coming together. So again, you know, the most important thing is uh, is uh, updating the resource. So two thirds is still under the inferred category. This is critical for laying the foundation of value for uh, our shareholders, uh, all stakeholders in our region. Um, so uh, we are looking to upgrade the resource in, uh, we're eyeing uh, January of 2022 to upgrade the resource. So that's, that's really uh, one of the most important things uh, for uh, advancing the PFS as well, um, additional test works. Um, we are uh, conducting a recently announced uh, mineral processing program to support the PFS and uh, ensuing um, uh, DFS uh, after that. So we hope to have that completed by January as well. 
we will also be making a decision on which chemical process and technology to hang our hat on uh, for the PFS to produce lithium chemicals. Okay, let me. I want to. I want to come back to the question. What? Sorry. Why I asked you to explain what that grade meant was when you put the announcement out on the 13th of September, your share price didn't move. It continued to move sideways for a whole month. So there's two things, potentials there. One, people didn't understand what you wrote about and the importance of it, the significance of it, right? So it's important to explain stuff. And then a month later, it did start to move. What, what, what was the catalyst? Because if I look a month later, you, you announced that you're going to commence drilling at, at uh, PAC. It's like, a, again, a kind of, that, I would have thought the September announcement was better than the October announcement. But what, why, why did your share start to move in October? Yeah, you know, let's, let's, we'll take a step back. And, uh, you know, from a macro perspective, the, 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 the ocean is rising, the sea is rising. And, uh, you know, lately, as a result of chemical pricing really, really uh, uh, driving uh, upwards, uh, you know, we've seen massive uh, up to 100% gains on chemical pricing over the last uh, eight months. Uh, you know, the attention of the market, uh, that, that has caused a few things. Number one, there's been a, an M&A uh, period that's really stepped in. We've seen a lot of activity um, from uh, uh, the Chinese uh, firms, uh, in particular down in South America. So that's, that has led to um, seeing other transactions as well. You know, I think we've touched upon it last February that we're kind of uh, 24 months behind our peers uh, and other stories. So uh, we were a bit of a laggard on the movement with regards to uh, the chemical price increase, the M&A activity, but, you know, there's really very few tier one resources uh, that aren't tied up or uh, available on the market. And I can tell you that uh, um, from industry dialogue I'm having, it's quite evident that uh, uh, there's a rush to tie up lithium units, good ones that uh, are available in the ground. So I think a big part of it is our story is really not known. Um, to date, you know, we haven't had much of a marketing budget. It was really important for us to, to make sure that uh, we were confident with the asset in the ground before we started to really get out and, uh, and tell our story. So I think it's a function of a few things. Uh, a big part of it is um, uh, the market's beginning to look at, you know, what's what's tier one, uh, what's available. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a, a big one as well is uh, is the uh, the deal around neolithium in Argentina and TSX venture listed company. Um, you know, it was a great display uh, over roughly six, seven year period that uh there's tremendous opportunity for uh, investors in the market. So I think uh, uh, a lot of attention around that deal started to shift beyond South America to North America. And there's very few tier one resources uh, in, in North America. So I think it's a function of a, of a few things taking place. Big one is us starting to tell our story. But, but it's kind of interesting to me. It just says, maybe you just sit back and let the market do the work for you. 
Because if it was the maybe the Piedmont deal of earlier in the year, maybe the neolithium deal, you know, in in October, uh, price has been moving all year, but in terms of up, and you know, I know you're starting to talk to the street a little bit more now. Um, but from what you've just said to me, it feels like the the the, the market's done the work for you, and maybe maybe people feel you're fully valued at the moment. Yeah, we we see uh, when we look at a, a mark, you know, valuation uh, enterprise value standpoint over contained lithium units in the resource, we're tremendously undervalued still. So that's why upgrading the resource is really a step change that uh, will enable um, uh, revaluation of the company. So that's, that's of the utmost importance. Uh, so it's important for us to get more eyes on the story and in preparation for conversion of uh, the inferred to uh, what, what the street really uh, and the market really cares about is uh, the measured and indicated that higher level of confidence. So we think that, uh, uh, yeah, the coming months will be uh, really exciting for, uh, for the company. Okay, so in which case, Let's talk about how you go about doing that. You've got some money. You've got enough money to do this infill drilling to move more of this inferred into the MI category. So, how much are you allocating? How long is it going to take um, to realistically be able to deliver this upgraded resource in the, in the time frame you're suggesting? Yeah, we're fully funded to deliver the PFS. So, we're really, uh, really in a healthy state here right now. We We'll um, uh, conclude uh, this fall drilling and uh, we'll get in early in the new year uh, after uh, right after Christmas to continue um, our efforts. Uh, you know, the the ability to expand the resource is uh, is quite high. Um, the both both deposits are open in all directions. And um, so that's really exciting. Uh, you know, we touched upon, I think last time we spoke uh, in between both the pack and spark deposits, uh, pegmatite showing uh, up to 600 meters long, up to 50 meters wide. That's references the bolt pegmatite. Uh, there's some initial channels that have taken place there uh, at surface and the material looks really, really similar to uh, the spark deposits. Uh, so it's in very close proximity. Um, you know, when you, when you, uh, hover in a helicopter, uh, over the spark deposit, looking to the Southeast towards pack, uh, those have had the opportunity to be at the green bushes deposit in Australia. Uh, uh, I'm getting a lot of comments that, uh, wow, this, this, this could be the next green bushes, uh, right here in, uh, in North America. So that's really exciting. Um, but, you know, our focus has been on the low-hanging fruits and uh, really converting that inferred to what's required to have the 20-year-plus project with a high level of confidence for uh, PFS. We are beginning to think about um, continuing to add some tonnage uh, while we start to work on these development plans. So that's a great opportunity to have a lot of upside on the project, for sure. Okay, so fully from the three to PFS, so you're going to get a little bit firmer on the economics, which, which is good news, because you spent an inordinate amount of time so far on the technical, right? You've got a little bit of funding from, from the government for the pilot plant. You've, you've produced 
um, hydroxide, you're yet to decide or, or, or you know, because um, you've you, you got, you got options in terms of the process, right? So you, you get to yeah. decide what's the preferred route for you. So, but you have spent an, a lot of time there without necessarily nailing down the economics for the market over and above a PA, which is a plus or minus 30% variance typically. So do you think it's, you made, the, you got that balance right over the last year? In terms of where you spend your time? Yeah, uh, we have take, taken a balanced approach. You know, it's uh, it's clear to me through dialogue with industry that, um, uh, you know, the demand is so high and expected to uh, continue to rise. And supply has been um, lagging. Um, and a big part of that has been uh, an underinvestment uh, from the market into into uh, resources, you know, there's been some volatility over the past 10 years for lithium. So uh, there's been a couple false starts. And I think, you know, that's uh, scared off uh, some investments, uh, you know, Biden in the US has been uh, really huge for North America, just got uh, a stimulus bill through and a big component of that is uh, really the transition to electric vehicles. So I think the stars are aligned. Uh, there's a consensus by the market now, clearly, that uh, this isn't a false start. This is the beginning. So, uh, so that's that's uh, a tremendous uh, uh, golden opportunity for timing. So, uh, back to your point, yes, we have taken a balanced approach. Uh, we believe that uh, our high quality growing resource is absolutely required in the West to come into production but to produce premium feedstock uh, and um, uh, to go downstream to produce uh, premium chemicals. So, um, so you know, it's, uh, we are uh, performing an internal scoping study at the moment to uh, pick the, pros, the right process and technology to uh, produce uh, lithium chemicals. We are focused mostly on the uh, potential for uh, the high quality batteries in the North American market requiring lots of nickel and as a part of that requiring lithium hydroxide. So uh, we are looking at direct from ore to hydroxide opportunity for, uh, for our project. So uh, it's important to, you know, bring in the right people with the right asset to, 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 to build a project. And um uh, so we need to take the balanced approach. You know, we're just checking the box now uh, that we have enough on the grounds for uh, for uh, high quality uh, uh, mining and chemical um, uh, company uh, to uh, to be uh, putting the pack lithium project into production in the future. Okay, and with regards to the the output from the the pilot, is have you done enough there to say let's move forward? with a demonstration plant, with a commercial plant? Yeah, no, it's... Or, or are you going to need contracts in place before you do that? Yeah, it's a very loaded question. Um, you know, for us, uh, we are having lots of discovery calls with industry right now. Uh, I believe that we do... Uh, we are looking towards uh, a strategic um, uh, investor or partner a strategic partner um, in, uh, in the future operations. So 
we are, you know, in chats, uh, generally speaking, between, you know, incumbents, lithium suppliers, right through downstream to auto OEMs. So, uh, uh, so we're having lots of phone calls, lots, lots of interest. Um, but it's important to make sure that uh, the right uh, um, type of partner is, uh, is picked. Um, so while that's ongoing, uh, it's uh, really critical to make sure that we um, take a cautious but confident approach to delivering the project successfully. So you are right. Uh, the work to date has been both during the scoping study on chemical process has been around both the sulfate process and alkaline uh, root process. So uh, we'll make the decision uh, in the very near future on which process that we will um, continue our test work with for both piloting to support uh, PF, um, PFS as well as demonstration for DFS uh, to bring that confidence. There's been you know, some struggle in the, in the West over the last 10 years um, with regards to, um, to a few or a couple of failures with regards to lithium companies uh, vying to become uh, producers. So uh, it's really important for us uh, for our own purposes uh, as well as a potential strategic uh, partner to make sure that the right process is uh, chosen uh, and we de-risk this properly um, to, uh, to come to market with uh, certainty and um, uh, and confidence. Okay, so you, you talked earlier about you know all stake, no sizzle, and you know the language of you know cautiously moving moving forward. Um, again, it comes back to that balance thing, right? You've got to you've got to get the market excited. You've got to have all the the constituent parts in the right place and, and advance. So I want a sense of the timing of of, of all of this because I I, I I come back to the valuation component, which is. If people kind of attribute you with too much value too soon, then you got you got a job of backfilling it further down the line, and that's that's never a good place to to be. So, yeah. with regards to the 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 conversations that you may be having, I assume you are having with strategic uh, partners. What's the kind of time frame that you're looking at there? Because you you haven't even got the PFS yet. They're going to want to see that at the very least, possibly even a feasibility study, right? So these discovery calls and conversations, are they giving you clues as to the sorts of things that they want to see from you coming forward? And how long will it take you to actually put those things into place? You know, when you get into a, 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 a situation where there's a shortfall in supply, uh, it's uh, really interesting conversations. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't believe that uh, DFS is a requirement for uh for that type of uh, partnership. So, you know, again, uh, our focus is to deliver a PFS by mid 2022. Our objective is to have all the uh, demonstration uh, accomplished as along with DFS by the end of 2023. So we're on a pretty quick uh, timeline to pull that off, but uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, confidence uh, around uh, what, what's required. Uh, and uh, a big part of that is the, the quality uh, and scale of, uh, of the resource. And uh, 
um, you know, we, uh, from the chemical processing standpoint, again, vatted uh, VP of technology, a former chief scientist from TNT uh, uh, Lithium, which is the second largest uh, producing company out of China, uh, Chinese Canadian. Uh, so that's, that was uh, uh, Dr. Nijin Kao has just been, um, just been, uh, really, really uh, uh, significant experience and uh, has really got us up the processing curve quickly here uh, at the company. So, um, so you know, that's, that's really the timeline is uh, delivering DFS by the end of 2023. That's our objective. Right. That, that's, your, that's your objective that you would need if you wanted to get this thing funded conventionally, right? So that's going to give financiers the comfort that they've got the the diligence done properly, the economics are what they, they, they should be. But with strategic partners, you just gave us a clue there. You said that they don't necessarily need to work off of, off of a DFS as far as the, the um, commercial plant and processing component. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. So, um, you know, to look at some of our peers in the market, um, Typically, you'd see that type of uh, strategic partnership take place uh, upon delivery of a PFS. And that's uh, really what we've seen in the space here over the last few years. So I think, you know, that's a that's a that's a good uh, a good metric to to uh, to think about. Perfect. So the, the, the concentration, the lithium concentrate pilot what are you saying the the will mean that you do build a, a slightly larger demonstration plant and then and at that time the pfs is out and that's good enough for them or are you going to skip the whole demonstration plant component as well the um the piloting is really essential to support the pfs so again we have um Right now, we're currently conducting the mineral processing pilot. I expect that to be done uh, uh, in uh, the latest in January 2022. And that's to create the concentrate or the feedstock for downstream uh, chemical uh, piloting. So uh, that is the first step in the requirement to support uh, PFS. We are looking at taking uh, an extra step to build a small demonstration plant, um, to really take that last step, um, uh, not to rush. Um, you know, we got a high quality uh, project. We're back to you, the point of all steak and no sizzle. It's really important to demonstrate um, because, you know, we, this is a top tier one resource and, and we, uh, you know, we're not in this to uh, to try and make a million bucks and uh, run to the next asset. You know, this is a marquee tier one asset that has to be done right. And uh, demonstration uh, will uh, construction take place in 2022, commissioning and running uh, to uh, really generate the data required for final DFS. Uh, to take place in 2023. Got it. Okay. So again, I just want to, I want to leave this conversation, make sure I'm really clear. So you said you're funded through the PFS. Did, did that include the demo uh, plant component or would that need to be funded by a partner? That remains to be seen. Uh, you know, essentially we are uh, 
fully funded for all the piloting and requirements for the PFS. Uh, but, you know, uh, we are not fully funded for delivery of DFS. So um, we're, uh, you know, we're well funded for what needs to take place here in the, the next steps with regards to all the infill drilling and uh, again, uh, the piloting required for supporting PFS. Got it. Okay. So the demo to, to be defined, decided, you may need to bring some capital in, in for that, depending on how you go about it. Okay. Um, with, someone's actually sent a question with regards to the NI report. Um, it's, it seems to suggest that because management insiders are such big shareholders as a percentage of, of, of the company, um, that this could be restrictive to potential suitors, right? That's what, that's the takeaway this, this, this shareholder of yours. Um, has made from the the NI report. So, um, and at the same time, the, the NI report suggests that management would be happy to go it alone. That, that's not what I've heard today necessarily. You, you can, mm -hmm. but you'd prefer to bring in a, in a strategic partner. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you're, you're right on a couple of points there. Uh, management uh, currently has uh, roughly a 25% position in the company. Really take a step back and look at the market. And I think a big part of uh, valuation comments uh, from you earlier is that the market's looking for strategic um, partners with regards to uh, new resources coming to market. And that has uh, become very evident to us over the past few years. So, um, you know, so that's, that's really uh, one, one main observation. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, I think an important one, you know, it's, uh, there's been failures in the markets. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's no uh, replacement for uh, experience. So uh, it's, uh, it's an observation we've made. I think it's an important one to make sure you, as you move forward, you continue to uh, tap into uh, tried, tested, proven experience in, in the market. Um you know, with a tier one resource, I think what you're driving at here is um, uh, our our job here at Frontier is to bring this into production. And um, you know, when we look at a project uh, located in the in the heart of North America, um, you know, our our goal here is not to just sell the asset. Our goal here, as you can see, with the addition of some marquee members to the team. Um, and the continued investment here is to bring this into production. So uh, we're not looking for a situation here where we hand over the reins to, uh, to uh, uh, another company or another group. Uh, you know, the, the, it's really important that this is done right. And uh, we know we're the right team uh, with the right acumen and experience to, uh, to lead the charge. Um, so if I could, you know, Use that as a general comment. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you, you 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 want you want to get this thing into production. You you bring in you look to bring in a strategic partner with some industry uh, knowledge, but you're not going to hand over the reins or sell this asset before uh, this thing gets into production. Yeah. Fair to say. Brilliant. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk don't about hand over the whip. Hand exactly. <laughs> Always hold the whip. Um, with regards to um, your marketing, you've had your head down busy getting on doing stuff which is great but if you're not talking to the market they forget you're there it's like me writing a really good company report 
and then no one reading it. It, it, it doesn't work. So what are you doing to get your name, get your face out there more? You know, one of the big things is um, to date uh, and a golden opportunity for those interested in the company is we've got zero coverage to date. There isn't an analyst uh, uh, at a large uh, a house or institution that has covered the company. So uh, some of the ambitions here uh, to continue just really to tell the story for uh, pointed towards, you know, the right uh, uh, potential uh, groups where there could turn into some key uh, financial uh, partnerships, cornerstone ones uh, in the future. So it's really about telling the story, you know, uh, in my DNA, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I think uh, also a big part of uh, the increase in value uh, for the company is the confidence level here at the company and really uh, being confident that, you know, we have the goods and we have a good idea of what the future um, looks like. So that's really being, um, uh, that's really being disseminated now and carried through as we start to have conversations. And, uh, you know, my hope is to, uh, to start seeing some, some coverage on the company here uh, in the uh, near future. So, uh, so really that's, that's the biggest thing is, uh, just try and get some of the experts eyes on, uh, on, on the project. So, uh, been working diligently on, on that aspect. So getting a lot of calls, taking a lot of calls, a lot, a lot of conversations really over the past month here at Frontier. Okay. So ba basically more marketing to come, more storytelling by you to kind of make sure people know that you're there and understand the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have to pull Eddie Grant out of retirement. That'd be a great one. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon? Is that good? Yeah, well, yeah, great comment. I know when uh, Ontario announced the critical mineral strategy, um, yeah. I think it was Minister Rickford, the mines minister, uh, uh, when the reference to the Electric Avenue was made, uh, he, his comment was, cue up uh, Eddie Grant. Uh, Let's do it. So really, Let's do it. really exciting. Let's yeah. do it. I'm with that guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Uh, look, appreciate you coming back on. It's been far too long. Uh, you got to come on more often. We, 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 we like this story. Um, we like what you're building there. Great, great team you're putting together here. So um, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Sure, appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep in touch for sure.